I was doing a leadership presentation for the FBI, and this person said to me, sounds like you're an authority on leadership. I said, well, yeah, I, I guess I am. So when they introduced me, <laughs> here's how they introduced me, Jason. They said, and ladies and gentlemen, this morning we have America's leadership authority, Dr. Derek Noble. And I'm like, wow, I like the sound of that. <laughs> So I stole that tagline from the FBI. Welcome to Lead With Your Brand, the podcast that explores exceptional career success stories, inspiring and insightful personal brand journeys that answer the question, are you coffee or are you Starbucks? Fascinating conversations with leaders about their career breakthroughs from entertainment, tech, media, and more. You'll learn how they've turned up the volume on their brand to unlock success. Firsthand, uncensored, and real, as told by people who've been there. And plenty of inspiration and practical tools to help you lead with your brand every day as you drive towards your next career breakthrough. And now, here's your host, personal branding expert, diversity advocate, and keynote speaker, Jason Patria. Hey everybody, Jason Patria here, and you are listening to the Lead With Your Brand podcast, which is the podcast for folks just like you who are looking to turn up the volume, show your value, and lead with your brand to your next career breakthrough. We've got another spectacular show for you today. I am proud to have on America's Leadership Authority, Dr. Derek Noble. But before we get to Dr. Noble, I want to talk a little bit about your your brand and the experience you are creating for your career audience. Now, if you're following me on social media, you probably know that I recently came back from an amazing adventure. I took a cruise through the Panama Canal called the Mystic Jungle. Now, I bring this up because I cruised with one of my favorite companies called Vakaya, which is the only large-scale adult vacation company on Earth built specifically and entirely for the LGBTQ plus community and their straight ally friends. Now, I've had a chance to work with the amazing team at Fakaya thinking about team building and strategy, and this was my chance to experience their product. Now, I will tell you, of course, Fakaya has an amazing brand. And if I go onto their website, if I call their call center to book a room and book a great vacation. It's all seamless and it's beautiful and it's elegant and they've got a great color story and amazing photography and a beautiful crisp logo. But it makes me think all about what's important to the brand. Now, remember, your brand is not about logos. It's not about taglines. It's not even about just like the products and services that you offer as a professional and a leader. At the end of the day, your brand is really about the experience that you create for other people. Now, I will tell you, when I spent over 10 days cruising from Costa Rica through the Panama Canal to Colombia and stopping on remote Caribbean islands and meeting with indigenous tribes of people and exploring and seeing their crafts and purchasing their artwork, I had this full experience that was about building community with all of the folks that I was with and exploring culture. And quite frankly, the experience for me was like Indiana Jones meets Romancing the Stone meets like Midnight on the Oriental Express because I would go out in my, you know, sportswear onto a Zodiac boat and climb out on the beach and trek through the jungle. And then I would come back for this elegant, glamorous dinner on a small, what they call a super yacht. And it was all about amazing entertainment and interacting with all of these spectacular folks. And I'm thrilled to say that I've met all of these friends. So it brings me back to thinking about my client in this great hospitality company, Vakaya, and really thinking, 
They could have an ugly website. They could have not so great photography. They could have a logo that I don't care about. But all of that doesn't actually matter because it's the true experience that they build for their guests that creates the true Vakaya experience that is their brand, that is all about bringing the full entire LGBTQ plus community together to experience the world. So when you think about your brand, let's hit the pause button when we're talking about what you're wearing and what's your Outlook signature line going to look like. I want you to focus on who you truly are and what is that experience that people are having with you. You can have amazing clothes. You can have great PowerPoint presentations. But you know what? If you show up at a meeting and you're late and you talk over people and you don't engage and involve people in conversations and you cut off people when they have ideas or or pushback, you know what? Your brand isn't what your suit is. It's not what your PowerPoint presentation looks like. Your brand in that case is just being an asshole. So think for yourself, what's that true experience that you're creating for your career audience? And what are ways that you can supersize that experience so that when people walk out of the room with you, they have a lasting impression and better yet, a memory of that experience that they want to come back for more and they want to refer other people to. Well, we've got an amazing show for you today. I am thrilled to have on America's Leadership Authority, Dr. Derek Noble. Now, Dr. Noble recently released his highly anticipated first book, which is entitled Leadership Launch, Essential Skills for New Leaders. The book includes a foreword by civil rights hero, Dr. Melba Patio Beals, a member of the Little Rock Nine, a group of African-American students who were the first to integrate Little Rock Central High School. Now, Dr. Derek Noble has been helping business leaders take their leadership and communication skills to the next level of excellence for over two decades. His passion has led him to support those from all walks of life to become more influential and more confident communicators. Now, throughout his youth, Derek endured years of speech therapy for a severe stutter and speech impediment. Once quoted as stating he was the least likely person to be a professional speaker, Dr. Noble has since gone on to become an award-winning TEDx speaker, speech coach, and trainer. He now famously quips, at first, I couldn't talk, and now they can't shut me up. We'll be back in just a few moments with America's Leadership Authority, Dr. Derek Noble. For over 25 years, Jason has coached, trained, and developed thousands of leaders and executives, helping them achieve their next career breakthrough. He's a featured speaker at global conferences and companies to help everyone bring their best authentic self to work, show their value, and lead with their brand every day. Get more tips and tools at leadwithyourbrand.com. And we are back. I have a fabulous guest with us this week. It is Dr. Derek Noble, America's Leadership Authority. Derek, what is going on? Oh, man, it's good to hear you and good to be with you. Uh, Life is grand. Uh, I am here at my home in Puerto Vallarta, Mexico. So uh, rubbing it in for all of those cold weather people. I just returned from an engagement in Texas. Exactly, exactly. I just returned from an engagement uh, in Dallas, uh, in Texas uh, last week, and it was freezing. So I'm here enjoying the sun and rubbing it in for everybody. So rub, rub. (laughs) (laughs) So Derek, talk to me. You are constantly meeting new business contacts. You're out networking in the world. You're helping big executives and leaders. Tell me, when you first meet folks, how do you introduce yourself and what it is that you do? Well, yeah, uh, that that elevator pitch. Uh, I I often begin by asking people, have you ever heard anyone say, you know, that person is a natural born leader, that person is a born leader? Well, while I do believe that leadership can be innate, I also believe that leadership is a skill that can be taught. uh, If you're willing to work at it, it can be improved upon. And that's what I do. What I do for leaders is I simplify the process to help you become a more effective leader more quickly, regardless 
of the genre of leadership in which you find yourself. So if you want to learn how to hit the ground running, that's what I do for you. I I work with all leaders, but particularly new leaders, those who have been in their leadership position for a year or less. Uh, I help you to figure out where to focus your attentions to begin with and how to start off on the right foot. Yeah. And I know uh, just a few months ago, you released your first book, Leadership Launch, Essential Skills for New Leaders. So talk to me about about the book. Oh, wow, man. Uh, That book was a labor of love. Over the years, I've been doing coaching and speaking and training for over 20 years now. And people have been asking me for many years, when are you going to put this information in book form? (laughs) Uh, No, really. And I'm like, you know what? I I finally decided to make it happen. Uh, I was speaking to Melba Patillo Beals, and she is the one who wrote the foreword for me. Uh, For those who don't Mm. know, Melba was one of the original nine black students who integrated my high school, Little Rock Central High School. Uh, That happened back in 1957. Well, in 1987, I was the student body president, and they came back for the 20-year anniversary, the 30-year anniversary, rather, of uh, the school integration. So I had a chance to meet her, and uh, she wrote her book about her experience integrating the school, and she put me in the introduction of her book. So I wanted to return the favor. I said, uh, I want to write a book on leadership. Will you write the foreword for me? And she said to me, you know, it's about time you wrote a book about what it means to be (laughs) an effective leader. So uh, I'm excited. The book uh, was a bestseller immediately. We've been an Amazon bestseller. It's available at Barnes & Noble, wherever you want to take it. So uh, I'm really pleased with uh, not only uh, how the book is doing, but how many people have reached out to me and said that the book has really helped them. I've had a lot of leaders say, you know what, this is the book I needed 25 years ago when I first became an executive. So yeah, that's what I wanted to do. I wanted to write a book that helps people, um, that gives people what I wish I had when I was starting out. Yeah. Yeah. And and so talk to me about that experience back in the 80s, leading the student body, right? Being a student body president. What was it like meeting one of these icons of the civil rights movement. How did that impact you as a young person? It impacted me in a major way for a lot of different reasons. Uh, For the first 12 years of my life, I could barely talk. I had a severe speech impediment. I had a really, really bad stutter and I had a really bad lisp. So for the first few uh, hours of every school day, uh, well, no, not, not the first few hours, actually the first few minutes of every school day, I would be in class with my classmates, but then I would be dismissed to go down the hallway where I would spend mm. the rest of the day with a speech therapist because I could not function wow. in class. I couldn't even talk. Uh, I had a teacher, my second grade teacher, whose name I will not call, but my second grade teacher uh, asked me what I wanted to be when I grew up. I said I wanted to be a teacher and she laughed at me. And she said, Derek, you'll never be a teacher because you can't talk. Uh, I made up my mind then and there uh, in my own little second grade mind that I was going to overcome this uh, speech impediment. So I spent extra time with my speech therapist. Uh, I worked hard. And uh, before you know it, I was winning student body elections because of speeches I was giving. And I was winning wow. a citywide speech. I-, I participated in the citywide speech competition sponsored by the NAACP. I recited Martin Luther King Jr.'s uh, speech, I Have a Dream, from memory, did not stutter one time. It dawned wow. on me, Jason, that when I get up to speak in front of a crowd, I don't stutter. Uh, if you catch me on the telephone one-on-one or something, I still stutter and stammer. But when I'm with a mic on a stage speaking to a crowd or doing what I do as a speaker, it just flows naturally. So that was a way yeah. of me knowing that it was uh, what I was supposed to do. So as I grew up and uh, became student body president in my high school years, uh, I had a chance to meet and introduce Governor Bill Clinton. And I had a chance to meet and introduce the Little Rock Nine to my classmates. So just to meet them was great. But to be up there knowing that I was once told I would never be able to do things like that, that was even greater. Yeah. And I mean, isn't it amazing how so many times we're like defined almost by this moment where someone tells us we can't do something and it becomes our mission to like (laughs) be able to do that? You know what? And and this is a true story. On That was my second grade teacher. On the night I graduated from high school, this is no joke, the night I graduated from high school while everybody else was going out partying – I said, you know, I I have something I need to do. I had looked her name and address up in the phone book 
Uh, oh. For those uh, who are younger, once upon a time, boys and girls, there was something <laughs> called a phone book. <laughs> <laughs> that listed people in alphabetical order and their address and blah, blah. Well, I looked her up in the phone book uh, and I went to her house on graduation night with my diploma in my hand and with my college scholarship letters in my hand. And wow. I did say letters, plural. And I said, you know what? You may not remember me, but I was in your second grade class and you told me I would never uh, be a teacher. I would never amount to much. Here is my diploma. Here are my scholarship letters. Next time you tell a child what they can't be or what they can't do, you remember me. And I turned around and walked Ooh. away. That I had been waiting to do that for 10 years. And it, it was a sweet <laughs> moment. <laughs> that is out of control. Now, I have to ask you, I mean, you're standing on stage <clears throat> with, with Bill Clinton. Obviously, yes. this is before he's president. He's yes. the governor. Yes. The, the Little Rock Nine. What was it like being with these people? I was in awe. Uh, I had done my homework and my research. I knew about them. Actually, the, the lady who led that uh, integration was a woman named Daisy Bates, and she was a newspaper yeah. publisher. Daisy Bates and my mother had actually been friends. So I, you know, oh, wow. for me growing up as a child, she was Miss Daisy. So, uh, so mm. I knew her. And so by the time this rolled around, she had had a stroke, but she was there, but she remembered me and she remembered my mom. I was just awestruck by not only seeing her, but all of those nine students and all of them were able to come back. And it was the first time all nine of them had been in the same place since 1957. So uh, wow. I had a script that was prepared for me. The principal wrote the script because we had this big uh, <laughs> uh, event in the auditorium and international uh, media were there and all of that. And the principal had written the script for me. And I got up to speak. And as soon as I got up, I said, please forgive me. There's a, there's a script written for me, but I just have to say, I thank the nine of you for what you did. Without you, there would be no me. And I broke down in tears. Wow. And they broke down in tears. And, and, and the press conference just kind of stopped at that point. We just all hugged and cried. So it, was, <laughs> it was an amazing thing. And uh, yeah. yeah, we're still in touch to this day. That's amazing. And it sounds like it was a moment where you really kind of found your voice, right? Yes. Um, yes. Being able to know that you don't need to be scripted and someone doesn't have to write everything for you. Absolutely. And I had been taught by my speech therapist, one of the best ways not to stutter is to write a script and follow the script. Mm. Because a lot of times, for some people, not for everybody, but for some people, stuttering comes as a, res as a result of nervousness. So, um, yeah. so what she said to me was, write out what you want to say and read the script and it'll cut down on your nervousness. So typically, that's what I had done. On that yeah. day, I said, I'm going to break the script and go off the cuff. And I was worried, but I didn't stutter. And I, I, and it flowed and it was really the most touching thing ever. So from that point on, I learned I don't have to be wedded to the paper so much. I always prepare. I always know what I'm going to say, but I don't read it as a script like I used to uh, up through 12th grade. Yeah. And so, well, it feels like you already have this like uh, iconic career and that's just <laughs> in, in high school, right? But talk to me, you know, one of the reasons why I wanted to have you on the show is that you have been this amazing coach and speaker Thank for you. leaders and executives for the past 20 years. Yeah. What are some of the career breakthrough moments that you've had that got you to where you are today when you look back? Career breakthrough moments. I, I guess the very first one was uh, fresh out of graduate school. Uh, I became the director of a new department of a nonprofit organization. There's a, a nonprofit organization in Houston, Texas, and the CEO, his name was Ralph. Ralph hired me on the spot. He heard me do a presentation on how to mobilize volunteers for nonprofit organizations. I was doing that presentation at a conference in Chicago. Ralph was attending that conference. And after my presentation, he comes up to me and says, uh, you're hired. I'm like, hired for what? I didn't even apply for anything. And who are you? <laughs> and he told me about his organization. It was an organization that uh, worked with um, uh, poor families in Houston, and he wanted to start a youth and young adult division. And so he said, this is kind of my thought, but I have no 
uh, 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 flesh on this skeleton. So can you come and get it started? So I did that. Now, the, the, the turning point happened when uh, halfway through my tenure there, I decided I was going to go back to graduate school and get my doctorate. Mm. I had my master's degree, but I wanted to get my doctorate. So I shared that with him. And he said to me, I kid you not, um, you will not go get your doctorate. I'm going to be the first person with a doctorate here. So you need to wait before you go back to school. And what? Exactly. You know what? I, 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 I man, I, I looked at him. <laughs> I, I chuckled at first because I thought he was joking. And then I saw his face. I'm like, oh, this dude is serious. He's telling me I can't go to school because you know, his ego is so huge that he wants to be the first person with a doctorate. I made up my mind that day I was going to step out on my own. I said, you know what? I have the comfort of a full-time job here, but I'm going to mm. lose this. I'm going to go um, do my PhD because I believe in myself. So I left that position. It was a well-paid position. I left that position to be a broke uh, PhD student and started all over again. But... <laughs> <laughs> but you know what it does did for me, Jason? Uh, it helped me to understand that it's never too late to start over. And whatever yeah. you want to do, uh, if you have the faith in yourself and the faith in your abilities, you can start over. So I did. And here we are. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and so talk to me about starting over, because I think that's something that people ask me about all of the time, right? Yeah. Is they want to do something, but there's this fear that we've invested all of these years in a particular career path. Yeah. What were some of the things that made you successful kind of making that clean break and then starting new? That's a great question. Uh, what helped me to be successful there was that I asked myself a series of questions. Um, and the very first question I asked myself was, if I don't make this change, will I be mm. happy? If I fail Ooh. to make this change, will I be happy? And the answer wow. was a resounding no. Um, and th the reason why I started with that question, Jason, and I tell people to start with that question as well, that's the question that helps you combat your fear. Because most of the time, we make decisions based yeah. on our fears. It's like, well, I need to stay with this job because if I don't have this job, I won't be able to pay bills and blah, 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 blah. Yeah. So the fear starts speaking. So in order to combat that fear, you have to ask yourself, okay, if I stay here with this cushy job, Am I going to be happy? And no matter how much money you make, if you're not happy, what's the use? So my happiness was much more important to me than worrying about a paycheck. The second question yeah. I asked myself was, do you genuinely believe you have something that the world needs? Ooh. And my answer was a resounding yes. So, yeah. you know, if you ask those two questions to begin with, and I really have a list of, I know we don't have time to go through it. I have a, a kind of a list of <laughs> 10 questions that I, when I'm coaching people, especially people who are making a career change, I give them those 10 questions. But those are the first two. Those are the most important. If you answer those questions, honestly, it will help you deal with whatever fear comes your way. So, yeah, that's what I did. Absolutely. Yeah. Right. And I love that it's the power of asking the right questions. Right? Exactly. Yeah. That's what coaching is all about. Asking the right questions. Yeah. Yeah. And so so talk to me about running a successful coaching and speaking practice over the past 20 years. What have been some of those moments that you felt like, hey, wow, I've really made it. You know, you did this because you wanted to be happy. You did this because you wanted to change people's lives. Yeah. How did you know that you got there? Oh, wow. I remember exactly. I was <laughs> I was the lead trainer. And I guess I, I can call the company's name. I was the lead trainer for uh, Fred Pryor seminars. Uh, mm. I was the one who trained their trainers. You know, uh, for yeah. those who are, who are not familiar, Fred Pryor offers uh, seminars on leadership and customer service and how to use Microsoft Excel, blah, 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 all of that stuff. Yeah. It's the largest seminar company in the world. I was their lead trainer. I had been their yeah. trainer for many years. I had taught classes for them for many years. Uh, and so one time, one uh, of, of the people, one of the organizations I was um, training contacted Fred Pryor and they said, we want to do another training. Uh, can you send Dr. Noble? And they said, well, you know, mm. uh, Dr. Noble is busy doing something else. And they said, okay, well, we'll wait till he's available. Uh, and then there were three, four, five more organizations that said the same thing. They basically said to Fred Pryor, if it's not Derek Noble, we're not going to do it. And it dawned on ah. me, although I enjoyed my experience with Fred Pryor, it dawned on me that 
I was helping to bring customers to them. And so people wanted to hear what I had to say. So I said, you know what? Yeah. I've been doing this through Fred Pryor. Now I'm going to do it for myself. And um, mm. the rest is history. So I started my own consulting firm. Uh, I didn't poach their clients, uh, but I started doing marketing <laughs> and PR and found out that people who would sit in a hotel ballroom with me under the guise of Fred Pryor would love to work with me one on one. So mm. yeah, that's where it all started for me. That was about that was about uh, that was about ten years ago when I started doing it full time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's interesting, right? Because it's that moment you realize that. It's not the content that's the brand. It was really you yes. as the brand there, right? That, but you were the reason why people were showing up. That's what dawned on me. And I know the company would say, well, we do the marketing and the PR, so we're the ones who get we're the ones who get the butts in the seat. And I get that. Yeah. But if you have butts in the seat, but the presenter is horrible, you've <laughs> your customers are gonna be pissed off, right? So yeah. So I, I a lot of times I would rewrite some of the career curriculum and I would bring my own materials and people were really loving it. So let's talk about about your brand, right? Yeah. You are America's leadership authority. So yes. talk to me about that brand and that tagline for yourself. Where did that come from and and how do you actually live that? That came from an introduction. I was doing a leadership presentation for the FBI, and this person said to me, sounds like you're an authority on leadership. I said, well, yeah, I guess I am. So when they introduced me, <laughs> here's how they introduced me, Jason. They said, and ladies and gentlemen, this morning we have America's leadership authority, Dr. Derek Noble. And I'm like, wow, I like the sound of that. <laughs> So I stole that tagline from the FBI. Uh, so what what I do is I particularly, and this is the way the career has gone, I have discovered that most of the people who reach out to me for coaching or training or even keynoting are people who are relatively new to leadership. So that seems yeah. to be a niche market for me, new leaders. Uh, I, most of what I do is with new leaders and supervisors and whatever the case may be. But I also do a lot of work with seasoned leaders. Seasoned leaders mm. have a tendency to be jaded because they've been yeah. doing this for so many years. Uh, I've heard so many seasoned leaders say to me, you know what? Uh, when I was your age, I was gung-ho just like you are, but just stay in this business for a few more years. You'll see what it's like. So I heard... <laughs> I heard so many leaders say that. I'm like, okay, so it's not just the new leaders who need me. These older leaders need me because uh, they've kind of grown stale. So um, so I have two different lanes that I kind of operate in now, one specifically for new leaders and one specifically for seasoned leaders. So my first book that you mentioned, uh, Leadership Launch, is geared toward new leaders. The follow-up book to that, which is probably coming out in about two years, will be called Leadership Legacy, and it's specifically Ooh. for seasoned leaders. So leadership launch and then leadership legacy. So, yeah, that's what I do. Yeah. And so it's so interesting that you you found kind of this this brand by actually listening to what the audience and the people that you were helping say. Right. It's yeah. funny because I feel like so many times it's like we're trying to come up with all of this marketing language when really our super fans are the ones that that have it and can articulate it the best. You know, I learned that by accident, Jason. No, no one taught that. To, I, I wish somebody had taught that to me. It would have shaved some years off of my my learning curve, but I learned that by accident. <laughs> uh, 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 you know what I did? I just started talking to some of my current clients. I don't remember where I saw this uh, uh, question, but I, saw, I was reading an online article and it said, you know, uh, in order to keep your clients happy, ask your clients what it is you do yeah. that they appreciate the most. I think it was a Harvard yeah. Business Journal article. Don't quote me on that, though, but I think it was Har Harvard Business Journal. I said, okay, that's an interesting question. So I just started talking to my clients. I said, okay, you've been working with me now for two years, why do you keep asking me to come back? What is it about me and what is it that I bring to you that you appreciate? And I started listening and they all started mm. saying similar things. The, the number one thing I heard was, you have a great way of taking complex information and breaking it down to the lowest common denominator. You can take something really yeah. complex and make it easy to understand. Uh, yeah. So I heard that a lot. The other thing I heard was, you are a very engaging speaker. You tell stories stories. You make us laugh and we run the gamut of human emotions whenever you do a presentation. We laugh, we cry and all of that. So I just started making a list.
list of all of the things that they were saying to me and I found the things that were in common. So I just started really gearing my marketing material toward mm. that. I said, if you want to laugh and cry within 45 minutes, you know, stuff like that. <laughs> <laughs> I just started using their words. So yeah, that yeah. was quite by accident. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I love that. I mean, it's just a great uh, testament to going out and asking, right? right. And that, and knowing that your career audience really has, has the insights. Now, talk to me, um, Derek, mm-hmm. if, if I had to ask you to give me three words that describe you as a leader, as America's leadership authority, what are three words that you would use or maybe that you've even heard your audience use? Good. Uh, I have those three words instantly because I've heard this from my audience. <laughs> Modeling, instructing, and guiding. And I'll go back through each one of those. Modeling, instructing, and guiding. Uh, Modeling, uh, what I always try to do is I model for my clients the type of behavior that I want to see them exhibit. For example, Mm. I always talk to leaders about the fact that you need to become a deep listener. Uh, When people know you're a good listener, people trust you more and they reveal more to you. So in my coaching sessions, Jason, I don't do a whole lot of talking. Uh, yeah, I, I would say about 80 percent of my coaching sessions uh, are me listening to my client and only 20 yeah. percent of me speaking. Most people, unfortunately, flip that statistic and they do yeah. a whole lot of talking. I do a whole lot of listening. And what I always end up saying to them at the end of the hour that I spend with them or however long I spend with them, I say, you know what? You started off with a question. Do you realize that you have answered your own? I didn't have to answer your question for you. <laughs> I let you talk it out and you answer your own question. And, 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 psych- and I know you know this, Jason. Psychological research shows that people will follow something much more ardently if they believe it came from them. So yeah. when you let people come up with their own solutions, and that's really what coaching is all about. Coaching is yeah. believing that this person I'm coaching really does have the solution to their own problem. I believe yeah. the solution to any problem is in the room at that moment if you just give yourself time to work with it. So instead of me telling you what to think, I'll ask you a probing question and I'll sit. And 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 there are times, Jason, when we're sitting in silence for 30 seconds to 60 seconds, but I don't interrupt the silence. You know, the, the tendency is, okay, it's quiet. I need to say something. I sit Yeah, I got to fill it. Exactly. Exactly. I sit there and I let them work through it themselves. So mm. I model that. So the first word that I heard about myself was modeling. The second word is instructing. Uh, I am a teacher at heart, even though uh, my second grade teacher told me I would never be one. I am a teacher <laughs> at heart. Uh, so I am an instructor. What I love to do, Jason, I love to teach people practical steps to achieve their goals mm. and achieve their dreams, uh, not yeah. just philosophy. Uh, but practical steps. Okay. If you want to, well, uh, a case in point, I was working with yeah. uh, a mid-level executive just yesterday. Her name is Venetia. This is my first time mm. working with Venetia. Venetia wants to own her own business one day. Uh, but she has gotten written up several times because, uh, she is typically late. Uh, she doesn't do projects on time. So yeah. So I, now what, what I did not do, and I know why you're laughing. What, what, what I didn't do, what most people would do is say, well, you know, if you want to own your own business, you're, you're you never do anything on time and you're not going to be a good business leader. <laughs> I asked her this question. I only asked her one question. And she filled our entire hour with answers to this question. The question I asked her was, what about you needs to change in order for you to one Mm. day be a successful CEO? Yeah. Wow. What about you needs to change? And I sat there and for the first minute, she said nothing. And then she started saying, well, you know, if I'm the boss, I guess I can't be late. I'm like, mm-hmm. And she just, and she worked. <laughs> she, everything that I would have said to her, she said. And so I, 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 I like the idea of being able to teach people things that will take them to their next level of greatness, their next level of excellence. So instruction is uh, the second word. And then the third word is guiding. Uh, and as yeah. a guide, what I do is I let people practice what I've taught them. 
And mm. along the way, if I need to correct them, I correct them. But basically, uh, most people learn by doing. You know, some people learn by hearing. They're auditory learners. Some people yeah. learn by seeing. They're visual learners. Most people are kinesthetic learners, meaning that they have yep. to do it in order to learn it. Yeah. So uh, I, as a guide, what I do is, okay, uh, I just, well, uh, I just had a session with someone. Uh, we were talking about being more assertive. Uh, her name was, yeah. I forget her name. It, it was my first time working with her. Her name will come back to me. But she said, I need you to help me to be a more assertive leader. Dawn, mm. that's her name. Dawn was her name. Uh, she said, I need you to help me to be a more assertive leader. So uh, I uh, gave her an assertiveness formula that I teach uh, to my students. I said, you know, in order to be an assertive communicator, uh, the formula is when you blank, and that first blank is filled with whatever thing the person is doing that you want them to stop doing. When you yeah. blank, it makes me feel blank. In the future, please blank. So uh, she was having an issue with her supervisor being very nasty and mean to her. So I said, okay, here's the formula. When you speak to me like that, it makes me feel like a child being reprimanded. In the future, yeah. speak to me this way. And so I had her practice it with me. I said, okay, now I'm your boss, uh, and you're going to tell me how the way I speak to you makes you feel. And the first couple of times, Jason, she fumbled through it, and she almost cried because she was scared to do it. <laughs> By the time we had four sessions, by the end of that four sessions, she was just speaking her mind, and she wasn't being rude, but she was saying, hey, you know, we're not going to talk to each other like that. I'm a professional. You're a professional, blah, blah. So... As a guide, I help people to practice what they've been taught uh, so that yes. they can get better at it. Yeah. Wow. So I love that modeling, instructing, and guiding. So tell me, Derek, has this sort of been what you've been known through throughout your career? Or how have these things maybe changed and, and altered over time for you? The modeling and instructing have been with me from the very beginning. Uh, the yeah. guiding, the guiding is a relatively new phenomenon for me. And for, for me, I would say within the past five years, I've really, really worked on practicing things with people. Mm. And you know who I got that from? I got that from David Newman. Um, ah, of course. David shared that with me when, when I, when, uh, I first heard him do a presentation and then he and I did a private one-on-one -on -one coaching session and I was telling him some of the things that I teach and some of the things that I share, he said, uh, and how do you know that they have learned what you're sharing with them? And, and I drew a blank. I'm like, oh, that's a good question. How do I know? And he said, the best way to know is to have them practice it so you can correct them if they're doing it wrong. I'm like, what? And so that was revolutionary for me. So now I never leave a client without the last few minutes being, okay, now let's practice what we've learned today. So let's put yep. it into So that came from David. Yeah. Yeah. And now, uh, Derek, tell me, when you have a defined brand, right, and, and you're kind of clear on who you are and what your value proposition is, there's always folks that we encounter, whether they're, they're clients or folk decision makers in companies, that maybe we're not their cup of tea. Right. So talk to me about how, how do you manage that time when someone's either asking you to change or it feels like uh, – you're not the right fit for them and they're asking you to do something that doesn't feel authentic to you. That's a very good question. And uh, don't, don't, don't get mad at my answer here, but, but my answer <laughs> is, you know what, Jason, I don't deal with that. And the reason why I don't is before I sign on with a new client or before I have a new client sign on with me, I have a mandatory 30 minute session where I have a list of questions that I ask them that will help me to see if they're a good fit. And I let them know that mm. I say, uh, we're not going to sign a contract yet. What I want us to do is have a 30 minute session first where you get to know me. I get to know you and we can decide at the end of the 30 minutes if we are a fit. Uh, and mm. there are many times at the end of that 30 minute session, we both agree, you know, I don't think uh, I'm what you're looking for. And I don't think, you know, what you're needing is what I'm going to do. And, you know, there are some people who want you to do all the work for them. And I make it very clear, if you're not going to be willing to sign this covenant and do your homework assignments and all of that stuff, uh, that we really don't need to work together. Uh, so I, I, I let clients know ahead of time what it takes to uh, be coached by me, you know, this is a, a two-way relationship. It's not just me pouring into you. It is yeah. you receiving what I give you. And if we're not willing to do that, I, I, a case in point, uh, I, I won't call his full name, but there was a guy named Joshua. 
there's a guy named Joshua that I was working with, and it became uh, clear to me, Jason, in this 30-minute session, after the first 10 minutes, this guy was very stubborn and very bullheaded, and everything I said to him, he challenged, and you know, I'm like, you know what? I don't think you want to work with me. He said, why not? I said, um, whenever I have a mentor, the reason why I ask somebody to mentor me is because I trust them and their experience enough to listen to them. It sounds like you don't trust me enough to be able to guide you. You need to find somebody that you're not going to argue with. He said, well, I'm like this with everybody. I said, well, with all due respect, you won't be like this with me. We're not going to work together. Yeah. And as a business owner, as an entrepreneur, how did you muster up that, you know, strength or that confidence to actually turn down business when folks weren't a good brand fit for you? That was not easy. And the first few times I did it, I immediately regretted it. And I said, <laughs> oh my gosh, I just lost a client. But, but, but I, I had to think through it. I had to ask myself, do I want a calendar full of clients or do I want a calendar filled with quality? I would much mm. rather have a calendar filled with quality than a calendar filled with clients. Now, Dr. Derek, talk to me a little bit about coaching uh, leaders, because I know leaders yes. come to you quite a bit around yes. uh, they may not articulate that it's about their professional brand, but behaviors create their brand, right? right. So what, what, are, what are some thoughts that you have uh, for, new, in particular, new leaders who are just at, the, at that inflection point in terms of solidifying or communicating their own leadership brand. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, I always ask leaders, um, well, there are lots of questions that I ask people when I work with them, but one of the questions that I typically ask leaders is, uh, describe for me a perfect day in your life. What does a good yeah. day, perfect day look like for you? I mean, and I, I mean, describe everything from home life to where you eat, to what you wear, to the type of work you do. What would a perfect day in your life look like and feel like? And I've discovered, and I'm sure you know this as well, Jason, most people cannot answer that question because they've never given it much thought. If you yeah. ask most people, uh, what do you want out of life? They'll say, okay, I want to be happy. But then if you ask them the follow-up question, and what does happiness look like for you? They can't answer that because they've never yeah. really given thought. Okay, is, is, is happiness uh, having freedom over my own schedule? Is happiness uh, having people follow me? Is, and what does happiness look like for you? Uh, so that's where I always start with leaders. So we kind of work backwards. Uh, I, I tell them, I want to start with where you want to end up. So describe mm. for me perfectly where you want to end up, and then we'll design a process to get you there. Uh, yeah. And that sounds backwards, but for me, I think it's the only way to really successfully coach people in the business world. You have to know where you're going. My mother always used to say, if you don't know where you're going, any road will get you there. Uh, so. <laughs> miss my mama. Oh, she, my mother was quite the philosopher. I miss that my mom. That is a wise woman. If you um, don't know where you're going, any role to get you there. So I start with the end in mind. Yeah. So, so Derek, tell me, what does a perfect day look like for you? Thank you. A perfect day for me looks like uh, I have complete control over my day. If I mm. decide I don't want to do anything that day, I don't want to. If I decide, you know what, I'm just going to put everything down, hop in the car and take a road trip and just see the sights. I want to do that. For me, uh, happiness is having complete control over my schedule. Uh, I did mm. not like having to ask somebody if I could uh, take time off to spend with my family. I didn't like having mm. to ask somebody or call in and say, you know, I'm sick. Do I have your permission to stay home? I'm a grown man. Mm. Now, th there, there are some people who don't <laughs> mind that. But for me, Jason, no, it makes me feel like a captive when I have to get yeah. permission from somebody to do something with my life. So for me, happiness is having complete control over my day and my calendar. If I do that, I'm a happy man. Now, if I choose, and sometimes I choose this, if I choose to work from 7 a.m. to 7 p.m., I do that because it makes me happy. But if I choose yeah. to say, you know what? Uh, it's a beautiful day. I think I'll drive to Guadalajara and do some shopping. I want the freedom to be able to do yeah. that. So I, I yeah. guess the words are freedom and choice for me. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Wow. And I love that whole set of questioning just really helps crystallize 
how you can make smart choices in your own career, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, It's all about thinking through what you really want. You have to get clear on what you really want. Something else, uh, just kind of as a follow up to that, um, uh, I encounter a lot of leaders who may not know what their brand is or may not know what their sweet spot is. So I just ask them, I ask them a couple of questions. Number one, what is it that you do so well that you would do even if you didn't get paid for it? Is there Mm. something you enjoy doing so much that you would do it for free? Chances are that's (laughs) no, really chances are that's what you've been called to do. Yeah, exactly. If there's something you would do that you would gladly do for free. And then the second question I ask is a question that you asked me earlier. What does your crowd ask you for? What do people come to you and need from you? And those are the two things you need to focus on. I mean, if, if I, well, there, there was one aspect of my business uh, that I used to do a lot that I don't do a whole lot of right now. Uh, I used to teach a lot of writing skills. I still do that mm. from time to time, but my market, my clientele was not really asking for that. They were asking for leadership and communication skills, verbal communication. Yeah. So I used to teach, you know, writing and grammar courses. I don't do that much anymore because that's not what uh, my tribe needs from me. Yeah. 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 So I know we could talk all day, um, but I've I've got some fun uh, closeout questions for okay, you. Okay, cool. So, um, so we've been talking about your brand as America's leadership authority. Yeah. What brand are you obsessed with as a consumer? What can't you live without? I guess my brand I can't live without now is Oreos. I still love Oreo cookies, so uh, oh, I, I, <laughs> cabinet full of those. <laughs> <laughs> and and why do you love Oreos? Interestingly enough, it, it connects with my childhood. Uh, I had yeah. a wonderful relationship with my mom. Whenever mom would give me a treat of some sort for doing something well, it would be Oreos. So I uh, associate Oreo cookies with my childhood. Yeah. 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 So not only did you get wise sage advice from her, you also <laughs> got uh, got those special Oreo cookies, right? I'm like, I know mom is in heaven eating Oreos right now. When she got to the pearly gate, she said, okay, Peter, where the, where, where the cookies? <laughs> yeah. Uh, um, and then if you were a type of car, what type of car would you be and why? That's an interesting question. If I were a type of car, you know what? I would probably be a Honda SUV of some sort, uh, either a Honda Ooh. CRV or a Honda Pilot, because yeah. uh, they are cars that are built to last. Uh, every study shows that Honda and Toyota typically are cars that last the longest. You can drive them uh, the longest uh, and rack up miles without them falling apart on you. So I like the fact that they're well built. I also like the fact that uh, even even though they are not the most expensive cars, they feel and look very luxurious. You mm. don't have to spend a lot of money to have luxury. And for me, yeah. if you have luxury, you know, like you could not pay me. Uh, in fact, somebody wanted to sell me their Bentley. I have a good friend uh, who wanted to sell me their Bentley. And like, you know, it, it's a status symbol. I didn't want it. I'm like, it's a beautiful car and it's a status symbol, but it sucks on gas mileage. Why would I want that? <laughs> <laughs> it's like, drive a $300,000 car that you could, that you, have to stop every 30 minutes to fill it up with gas. That's a waste of time. You know, <laughs> my Honda Pilot gets me wherever I want to go. It looks like a fancy SUV. It has great gas mileage and it's comfortable. So yeah, give me a Honda any day. <laughs> yeah. And, and how are you like a Honda SUV? Uh, I am built to last. Uh, mm. I, uh, I do not give up. I do not give out. Uh, and once you start with me, whatever we're going to do, we're going to see it until the end. Uh, so if that means two years, three years, 10 years, you know, some of my clients have been with me for 10 years now and we're wow. not going to stop the relationship. So I'm built to last. And also I am very, very luxurious, but I don't spend a whole lot of money on it. Okay. <laughs> mm. <laughs> <laughs> Your mom's also happy about that, right? She's happy um, about that one too. Yeah, yeah. And and finally, uh, Dr. Derek, what's the best career advice that you'd like to pass on to our listeners? If you're not passionate about it, find something that you're passionate about. Um, mm. Pursue your passion, in other words. Um, I know so many people who are making good money, but they're so unhappy. I know so mm. many people who have the material trappings of everyday life, but they are so unhappy. I would much rather have you, you know, if you are a CEO of a bank, uh, but your passion is cooking, 
stop banking, go to culinary school and open a restaurant or, you know, do what you're passionate about. Because at the end of the day, money cannot buy you happiness. Mm. Wow. Wise words. Well, Dr. Derek Noble, thank you so much for being on the show. If people want to learn more about you and the book, where should they visit? Uh, go to my website. You can purchase the book on my website. It's uh, DerekLewisNoble.com, D-E-R-R-I-C-K-L-E-W-I-S-N-O-B-L-E.com. Uh, so you can go to the website. You can also purchase the book on Amazon, on uh, Barnes & Noble. It's available as a paperback. It's available in ebook format. So go to my website. You can go to my YouTube channel to see me in action. Uh, just uh, type in uh, Dr. Derek Noble. You can watch me in action there and on Instagram, same handle, Dr. Derek Noble. So uh, uh, best way, best way to reach me is through my website. Uh, there is an email link there. So reach out to me, tell me what you need and let's partner together. Absolutely. Well, the book is leadership launch essential skills for new leaders. Dr. Derek Noble, thank you so much for giving us uh modeling of leadership, instructing and guiding us. Thank you. I hope that was helpful. Thank you very much. I hope this was helpful for somebody. It was awesome. And we'll be back in just a few moments with my final thoughts. thoughts. Are you tired of not being recognized for your work? Are you ready to rise above the rest and accelerate to the next level? The Lead With Your Brand Career Breakthrough Mentoring Program will help you take control of your career, develop your own unique brand, and catapult you to a whole new level of success. You are a top performer, and the Lead With Your Brand Career Breakthrough Mentoring Program is what you need to get you there. Visit leadwithyourbrand.com to learn how. Wow, what an amazing and inspiring conversation with Dr. Derek Noble. I love how he is someone that was told as a kid that he could never be something and has actually proved them wrong. And you know, for me, that's my key takeaway from our conversation. You see, you have got to figure out what is the value that you are bringing to people. I want you to make sure that in your career, you are not a commodity worker. You do not want to be someone that is just replaceable or is just known by that job title or that job code. Regardless of what your functional expertise is and regardless of what your job title is, what is the real value and impact that you are bringing in your role and that you can apply and bring to any role or job that you have. That is truly knowing your value. Quite simply, your brand is all about the value that you bring, and that is what is going to define and make you a super premium brand. Well, that's our show for you today. If you loved what you heard, make sure that you are following us on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts, and we'll deliver a brand new show every single Tuesday. Now, check me out on social media. I'm at Jason Patria on all platforms, and I'd love to connect with you on LinkedIn. Please feel free to shoot me any questions or any topics that you'd like to see covered on the podcast. Now, most importantly, in your career, don't be that boring old commodity like coffee. Make sure you are a super premium and winning brand like Starbucks. You've been listening to Lead With Your Brand, the podcast that explores and uncovers exceptional career success stories and inspiring personal brand journeys with your host, personal branding expert, diversity advocate, and keynote speaker, Jason Patria. Remember to subscribe on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. Visit us at leadwithyourbrand.com.